Hi, this is uh, Jack Fleischer with Battleship Retention. I'm sitting down with the Beyond the Black Rainbow director, uh, uh, Panos Cosmatos. Is that, am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes. Okay, and uh, I was hoping uh, to start off. Um, uh, your your father is uh, was George Cosmatos, uh, who uh, directed, of course, uh, Rambo: First Blood Part Two, and uh, Leviathan, which is a favorite film of mine. Cool. And uh, <laughs> I was hoping you could just uh, tell us a little bit about you know growing up in a household where you have a father who's directing films and all the rest of that. Sure. Well, I mean, uh, we. I grew up in, in uh, Europe. We moved around all over the place, and then we eventually settled in uh, in, in BC. Um, and uh, he spent a lot of time in LA. And uh, I was raised a lot by my mother, who was like an experimental uh, sculptor. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I kind of got two sides of the spectrum. You know, on one hand, sort of being exposed to like Hollywood filmmaking and all of that entails, but also the sort of uh, nurturing of a much more sort of open creativeness too as well you know yeah um uh, what was a is there a, was there a first set that you uh, perhaps were on the first that I remember being on is I believe was Escape to Athena which was a movie with Elliot Gould and Telly Savalas and uh, uh I think uh um some others and uh, I, I just remember they were, they were firing off a lot of machine guns and blanks and I was just running around collecting the cartridges off the ground and collecting them <laughs> you still have any of those cartridges? yeah I have a few awesome that's fantastic <laughs> are there any other like uh, like props or stuff like that that you have from uh, some of your father's uh, films? Um, yeah I have this uh, kind of compound bow, a comp- one of the compound bows from Rambo First Blood Partition. That's fantastic. <laughs> and some of the arrow props, the explosive tipped arrows and the oh, razor razor tipped arrows, yeah. <laughs> so you definitely grew up in like a, a movie yeah. a movie household. Uh, yeah. I just had a curiosity, how old were you when you first saw Zorba the Greek, which uh, your father was also associated with? Yeah, I, just, I actually saw it for the first time only maybe five or six years ago. Are you serious? And it kind of blew my mind, because my father's in it, right? Playing the zit face boy, and it really, it, it, it literally melted my mind to see him at a young age on film like that with acting with Anthony Quinn. Very bizarre. And you'd never seen any of his? You'd never seen it before that? I'd never seen it. No. And your father had never encouraged you to see it, or? Um, well, we obviously. talked about it before, but yeah, I, I, for some reason, I'd never watched it. Oh, they actually shot a scene that had my mother in it as well that was edited out of the film. Okay. Which I'd love to see one day. I wonder if it's lost forever, but it'd be really incredible to see it. Uh, now, I, I know you've mentioned a few of uh, your father's films that you mm-hmm. uh, enjoyed, including Of Unknown Origin, Peter Weller. Yes, that's by uh, far my favorite. Really? That's, yeah. your, that's your favorite? Of all like the films that he's made, that's the one I sort of feel like I can sort of relate to that uh, mentality behind it the most. Interesting. I, you know, I I looked up the trailer for it just yeah. last night. Yeah, the, sort of the, uh, the uh, incredibly, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, Misleading trailer? Yes, yes. Very misleading trailer. I like it. I like the misleading trailers of the olden days. <laughs> now, actually, that's something I do want to talk with you about, yeah. too, especially because I know something else you talk about, and it was definitely a part of Beyond the Black Rainbow, which is this sort of element of surprise. Like, yeah. you don't necessarily know what you're going in for. Like, you have a, a sort of yeah. a, a vague notion. Yeah. Like, how important is that sort of element of surprise to you in terms of, of filmmaking? Uh... Very important. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love watching a film. I mean, the, the, the best way to see a film, 
is to not know anything about it. Yeah. And, you know, people these days are fairly obsessed with, like, every little detail before they see a film. You know, spoilers. It's hard to resist. Right. But, you know, I have this memory of uh, seeing a film back, I guess, I, when was it? Maybe the early 90s, late 80s? Mm-hmm. When I, I was in L.A., and I just wanted to go see something, so I was looking through the paper, and I just saw this logo of a film... There was nothing. It just said it was just the logo, and the name of the film was uh, Paper House. Okay. And there's just a, I think like a Ebert three or four stars or something. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. And I went in there, and it was a like terrifying experience. Really? It's not a straight horror film. It's about dreams and then going into a dream world, but not knowing anything about it, not knowing what the intention of the film was, not knowing who made it, you know, not knowing where it came from. Was it was just yeah it's, it can be a really like m- mind expanding experience in a weird way to Absolutely. see something completely yeah. fresh you know yeah um yeah did I answer the question yeah you <laughs> absolutely did no no uh, actually well, well in that instance I know there are probably some people who are going to be listening to this uh, who don't know anything about Beyond yeah. the Black Rainbow yeah you know I must stop admit, listening now and we'll come back <laughs> <to later. laughs> is it, well how would you sell to someone I mean what would you say if yeah. you uh, if someone was curious about it how much information what, what would you say to, to get them to go see it if they were curious about it I wouldn't say anything oh really I wouldn't say anything at all and if they weren't curious about it what would you say I wouldn't say anything <laughs> so, I, think, I think people will either you know sort of find the film or they won't find it I think people who are drawn to that kind of thing will gravitate towards hopefully and, and discover it right. maybe even by accident I love the idea of people seeing this film accidentally maybe down the line on you know video on demand or iTunes Netflix or something like right. that yeah it's interesting <laughs> <laughs> and and that's you know, and it's funny too because even the, the trailer itself is yeah. is it's fairly sparse. You know, it doesn't it definitely doesn't uh, reveal as much as the movie does. Yeah. And the movie, I think, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, it reveals. I think if if you you think about it, a lot of the plot comes to the surface. Yeah. And a lot of the detail yeah. sort think, of reveals yeah. itself. Absolutely. Yeah. But Call I don't. Her. Yeah. But I don't feel like it's. It definitely doesn't hit you over the head with it. No. You know, I, there's. I sort of. The plot is all there. It's very concrete in a lot of ways. It's very straightforward. But I decided early on that I wanted to have it there, but then mute it, like tone it down, like turn it down, like turn down an instrument in a mix, you know, on a song. I wanted the plot to be there, but to be... I actually hate the word plot. Yeah. <laughs> well, I prefer no, what, the word story. Okay. The word plot, I mean, people say it has no plot, I get, I get aggravated. Okay. Not even about my film, but about like any film. But uh, yeah, so that was sort of the, the intention was to sort of have the story be there and then so dial that, it down. So then, do you? Because uh, you also wrote this film. Yeah. Did you do you prescribe to any of those? You know, you know, act structure and stuff like that, or is it just more about communicating the yeah. story? As you say. Well, or well I think if you've watched enough, you know, movies and read enough books in your life, you sort of develop an innate sense sure. of, a, of a structure. Yeah. And then you can play with that. You know, I think it's good to have a structure. I think it's good to be hyper aware of what the structure of a film is. Yeah. Uh, I prefer, I prefer, like, what I want to do is have, have it be a combination of something more trance-like and freeform, but also heavily, very heavily structured yeah, yeah. in its own way, you know? So now, okay, so surprise is important, and, and all the rest of this, uh, this is being described as a, a film about mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, do you, how do you feel about that, and is, was that your intention, and is that your goal, and if so... I think it was my goal, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, again, I just wanted to sort of have a film where the audience is sort of free to sort of explore the mood 
on their own terms and sort of just have a wash over them and make right. it whatever they like in a way. I kind of think of it as a, the, film is a, the film is a Rorschach test in a way, and that the more the audience projects their own personal anxieties or, you know, experiences onto it, the more impact it will have or the more resonance it will have. Sure. Where somebody watches it in a very detached way, yeah. then it might just aggravate them. So do you, do you have any sort of feelings in terms of like watching this film uh, as a home movie versus uh, in the, the, the theater? Do you, do you have a preference for where you'd like to see people, people I mean, to see it? I would definitely prefer people to see it in the theater. I mean, you know, it's a very sensory experience. You know, the mm. texture of it, the grain, the colors, the sound design are like very, very integral to the experience. There was a lot of attention paid to the, the film, like grain, I know, yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, by the same token, the reality is most people will see this on, on Netflix, I'm guessing. And uh, that's cool, too. I just hope <laughs> they wear their headphones when they watch it and turn the lights off. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's funny, too, because I, I saw it at a morning screening, and I really didn't know what I was going in for. The only thing I'd seen... What time was it at? Like, uh, it must have been like 11 o'clock in the morning, yeah, yeah. something like that, maybe 10. Sometimes it's a good time, time to watch a film. You're kind of out of I it. was not expecting that at all. <laughs> I mean, and it's, and it's funny, too, because I definitely left it wondering exactly, well, well how does this make me feel, you know, and stuff like that that and I, I know from reading a little bit about what people have seen at various festivals and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, you know some people like it other people definitely don't nope uh, do you have anything you want to say to those people who are you know detractors or you feel don't get it or not really you know I think that uh, you know it's the kind of thing that you either you're gonna love it or hate it and I'm not gonna try to sway somebody into loving it yeah I think that's great <laughs> um Another important question I have is, so you, you uh, from what I understand, you shot a lot of this, a lot of the plot, and then you uh, took some of it away. Yeah, that's what I was talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. It was just sort of like modulating it and finding the exact, the right balance of, sure. of sort of... Is, will there ever be a different cut of this film? No. No, there's no a director's cut, extended cut. No, I'm done with it. You know? <laughs> okay, you're done with it. It's done. And, <laughs> well, then also, <laughs> in, its, uh, in its hopeful second life in, in yeah. the DVD market, yeah. will uh, additional information ever be put on, like, a DVD or any of that sort of stuff? Um, I was actually, like, I sort of made a decision early on to not cover the making of the film sure at all okay. really we had a p- photographer on set uh, Dan Siney and I hired he's not like a set photographer he's just a photographer mm-hmm. and a fine arts photographer I sort of was curious to see like his perspective of the situation <laughs> So maybe, you know, some of his photos will be on a DVD or a Blu-ray or something oh, that'd like be that. Really cool. and, uh, maybe I'll do a commentary. I haven't decided yet. Well, now you have a, a little bit of an internet presence there. Yeah. I've uh, seen your website and, mm-hmm. of course, you have your Twitter and all the rest of that sort of stuff. Uh, <laughs> I mean... Uh, I love Twitter. What, what was that? I love Twitter. I, I am a, I'm a huge <laughs> fan myself. Yeah. Uh, and I guess, uh, do you think you'd uh, sort of disseminate any of this additional information through other channels? Maybe not necessarily with the movie, but, mm. you know. I don't know. I hadn't thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. Just curious. Uh, yeah. Uh, this film is, uh, it's it's very different, obviously, than uh, than your, your standard mainstream fare. For, well, for starters, yeah. it is a period piece. It's 1983. Yeah. Uh, which uh, I couldn't help but notice is the same year that, uh, was it your father's film, um, uh of Unknown Origin came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't even make that connection. That's interesting. No. Um, but, 
and, and I'm wondering, is there a particular reason why the early eighties? Is that just because that's where you were at that time? Yeah, that's where I was at that time. You know, when I look back on that era, that's where you know we had just moved to Canada very recently. I was just sort of discovering North America and being bombarded with all this amazing pop culture right which I've been sort of like not really seen that much of growing up because we lived you know, for a while in Sweden and there was only one well, there's like two TV stations there and they show like five minutes of a cartoon yeah like once a week on Sunday they would show five minutes of a, of a Woody Woodpecker cartoon with all the violence cut out <laughs> luckily we had like a Super 8 projector with like you know, they used to sell these Super 8 highlight reels sure they were all the best parts of a movie on Super 8 to watch at home this is in Sweden yeah okay so I think my dad brought them back from, from from England or something so like all my early movie watching experiences were these like highlight reels of, of like the th- you know the th- what was it the, not the three amigos the three caballeros which is like a very okay. surrealistic Disney cartoon uh, that, that Raquel Walsh uh, dinosaur film which terrified me yeah, I think we had a Star Wars one um, yeah. So your your Let's first exposure over to these over and over and over again. So your first <laughs> and a lot's kind of interesting because it sounds like your first exposure to a lot of these classic films were mm-hmm. well at least these pop culture yeah. milestones were were cl- were clip reels highlight yeah. reels yeah, yeah. as opposed to the full feature. Yeah. Interesting. Do you think that's uh, influenced your own filmmaking style at all? Maybe maybe I just that got ingrained in there early. Well, you I know, never, I never thought about it. That's an interesting point. It's possible. Yeah. Uh, well, because I know there is uh, I'm a bit ADD. Well, Believe it or not, <laughs> the movie's not exactly fast-paced, but yeah. Well, the movie may not be fast-paced, but there are different tonal shifts, and yeah, there's different, yeah. you know, the third, no, I think a lot of people pointed this out, the third act of the movie yeah. has a kind of a, a very different feel than the first, yes, you know, first yeah. parts of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, I don't know, maybe... I think maybe it was a, bit, a, li- a little bit of a collage. Yeah. You know? There's definitely a collage element and that sort of feeling yeah. to it, yeah. uh, especially with uh, things like the flashback. Yeah. yeah. You know, things like that. I don't want to say too much because mm-hmm. I actually I, I really did appreciate going in there not knowing what yeah. I was in for and I, I think it's kind of fun. It's, I think the film is sort of like a process of discovery you know what I mean sure and, and like slowly over the course of the film things reveal themselves and uh, I think that's kind of part of the enjoyment of watching it. So now, this is this is your first film. Uh, according to IMDb, your first credit is actually on uh, your father's film Tombstone. Yeah. Uh, what did you What did you do on Tombstone, by the way? Just uh, I did a uh, uh, second unit video assist. Yeah. Yeah. Was that your first real film job? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so. There, there seems to be a little bit of a gap between that and this. Yeah, you've done some other things, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, but yeah. So I guess it was a, th- a three year period to to develop and make this film. Yeah, I mean, basically, the, my father dying kind of lit a fire under my ass. Interesting, because I've been kind of drifting. I you know I was obsessed with films. I wrote several screenplays that I never really showed to anybody. I made you know a whole a handful of super eight short films experimenting, you know, with a form, uh, read just every film book I could get my hands on, watch every movie I could find. Um, but then, but I was still, you know, in a sense drifting, you know, but then when my father died, it kind of lit a fire and, uh, sort of propelled me forward and I, you know, felt this need to, to do something, you know? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so, so what was the, what was sort of the inciting incident for, for putting this film together? Like, other than, you know, yeah. your father's passing, but yeah. like, this particular, this specific film, yeah. what was the idea that said, okay, I'm going to make Beyond the Black Rainbow? Um, well, I've been sort of, for lack of a better word, meditating on what kind of a film I wanted to make. 
if I was going to make a film. And I had sort of come to come to realize what it was I wanted to do for, for my first film. And um, uh, it's that stuff that you know has been covered before. But you know, I sort of uh, I became nostalgic for the past and yeah. was watching all these films from my youth. And uh, I realized that I was you know willfully looking at the past with rose-colored glasses, you know. And I realized that you know. That, that I was only like a part of the story and, and, I, and I wanted to take that nostalgia which felt like a very tangible real thing at the time sure. but also like look deeper th- than that like look beyond that that uh, nostalgia right. to the underbelly of it you know <laughs> no no I, mean, I think that makes perfect sense uh, and I don't think I, I mentioned this before uh, but uh, so I guess this is the way this is being described is uh, is or the way it's been uh, colored is how it was inspired is from the uh, VHS art yeah. at your local video store when yeah. you were growing up and the storylines on the back yeah, yeah and the storylines and uh, I'm, I definitely can identify mm-hmm. for me it was Countryside Video nice. go in there it was nice. Evil Dead it was <laughs> yeah. Dead Alive yeah. those were the films that I never watched but yeah. I was like I yeah. saw the DVD you know the VHS I, art I spent a long time looking at the cover of The Brood and, and reading the back of The Brood and uh, okay. yeah, Boogeyman interesting yeah and and what, what was uh, what was the, the film that finally you got to see what was that film Humongous. The Humongous. One, the one other one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Motel Hell. My father actually went and saw Motel Hell in Mexico, and he described it to me when I was like in grade one or something like that. Okay. And just hearing like a description of that movie kind of haunted me for a long time. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Although it's kind of a comedy, but you know when you hear this, I must I, I must confess I've never seen Humongous. So. Mm. Motel Hell. Oh, Motel Hell. Yeah, yeah. Nor have I seen Motel Hell. <laughs> Apparently, I should. Well, actually, that's a good question. Is is, uh, is if someone was going to go in to see, you know, Beyond the Black Rainbow, yeah. and they, they really dug it and really got into it, yeah. are there any films that you'd recommend people someone see as kind of like a, not like a, a prim, you know, a primer, but just sort of something that would be, uh, well, if you enjoyed this, these are films from my past that helped, right. you know, be a part of this, you know? Yeah. Um... Good question. I would uh, spies like us. Spies, really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe my favorite movie. Yeah, it's a great film. <laughs> Is that what you recommend? I would recommend that film. Okay. You know, maybe like, as you know, like a cleansing, a cleansing okay. of the afterwards. I like that. Yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> that works. It was funny seeing the Holy Mountain. I saw. I've seen the Holy Mountain only one time, and I saw it on a print. Uh, at a university, sure. Um, and after I, it was such an incredible experience. After I saw it, I said, "You know, I'm never going to watch this movie again, unless I can see it in a theater on a 35 millimeter print." Um, so if you can see the Holy Mountain on a 35 millimeter print, okay. Yeah. I was like, I'll keep my eyes open for that. It is one of the benefits of living in Los Angeles is you never know. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Uh, another actually interesting film that I, I've, I've heard you mention in the past is uh, the film by Saul Bass. Uh, yeah, oh, Phase 4. Phase yeah. 4, yeah, yeah. which that's, that's I incredible. was completely unaware of. It's incredible. They finally released it on, on DVD like a couple of years ago. I, well, I actually I was looking for it today. Yeah. And I, it's on iTunes also. Oh, cool. So, But uh, you, you recommend that as a... Oh, yeah. It's a great movie. So, it, it, was, it was an influence on the film, definitely, like, you know, uh, style-wise. Uh, for sure, and, and of course, uh, Saul Bass was a was a. He's a title designer. He also okay. designed 
you know, some graphic art posters. Right. You worked on Psycho, or did he work with Hitchcock? Or? Oh no, he definitely worked with yeah, okay, Hitchcock. Yeah. yeah. I just want to make sure it wasn't totally out of left field. But he only directed that one film, Phase Four, oh, which wow. is like a sort of science. He made a very strange short film, I think, called The Quest. Okay. Which was like a, I think it's like forty minutes long. It's like a strange experimental science fiction fantasy film. Okay. Um, sort of like a mystical quest through a strange kind of psychedelic landscape. It's incredible, but yeah, Phase Four is a yeah is a is a, is a, is a huge uh, film in, in, in for me. Yeah. And uh, so I, I understand you often work uh, with a, sort of a soundtrack with music, and that uh, you, I guess you listen to a lot of video game music while you were doing this particular film. Uh, yeah, I was listening to, to. I don't know. I was trying to find something that sort of inspired the feel I was looking for, and it didn't necessarily have to be from that era. So I was actually I just wanted a certain feeling. So I was actually listening to the score from Half Life Two. Okay. A lot when I was writing. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. <laughs> well, you know, I, score. I, you know, it's funny. I couldn't help but notice too that um, that there were some similarities between uh, at least the, the the music in the trailer for Cobra yeah. and some of the music even like that that synth yeah, yeah. and sort of stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's it's sort of prevalent throughout the era. Right. Uh, the sort of it's very specific. It gives me a very specific feeling, that sort of yeah. texture of synthesizer, you know? That, well, that music definitely seems to be playing a very large role in this film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, what do you listen to when you're, uh, when you're not making films? Like, what's, what do you just enjoy listening to? I listen to lots of different stuff. Yeah. I really like 90s gangster rap. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so is there going to be... I like so, a lot of metal. Okay. So yeah. metal and gangster rap. Yeah. And, uh, and 90s gangster rap. 90s gangster rap. Okay, well... You know. West Coast. <laughs> that's, that's specific. That's good. That is pretty specific, you're right. <laughs> well, so then, uh, I know it's been... Uh, you, you were quoted at one interview as saying that you, your next movie, you wanted to do a, a Black Sabbath record, yeah. so to speak, as a movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, would you do a 90s gangster rap movie? Uh, probably unlikely. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so just I don't Black I, Sabbath. I don't think I have much... It's just good driving music. I don't I don't think I have much to say about okay. 90s gangster rap. <laughs> so now, do you feel like your films are comments, are commentaries on the music as well? Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't think. Well, I know you've done it. some yeah. some music video work yeah. as well yeah. too. Yeah, I've done a bit of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, so you know, uh, do you have a, an idea of when you'd like to have the Black Sabbath movie, so to speak, come out? Sooner the better. Sooner the better. Are you working on it now? <laughs> yeah, I'm writing it now. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. And um, uh, I, I have to ask again. Don't want to reveal too much, but uh, will there be more? Uh, will, there, will there possibly be a uh, reappearance of the skinny and fat Heshers from Beyond the Black Rainbow in a Black Sabbath movie? Well, I was joking about that. That somebody, I, I was saying we should make a spin-off movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because they are interesting characters, and yeah. Uh, yeah. I would be, I'd be curious to see more from them. Yeah, yeah. Personally, I want to say more about my spin-off idea, but I can't. Okay. All the recorders running. No, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to give anything away. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and I guess before I, I let you go, I'm curious, are there any movies out there right now, uh, maybe either part of AFI Fest or just yeah. in general, that you think people should be uh, paying attention to and watching? Yeah, there's one that I saw here, that's pl- I think it's, it is playing here at AFI, and I saw it in fa- at Fantastic Fest called Car- 
Carré Blanc. Okay. It's a French uh, film. It's one of the best films I've seen in, in many years. Yeah. It's like a dystopian, futuristic, Kafkaesque nightmare. Nice. And it's really brilliant. And if you get a chance to see that, do not hesitate. All right. Sounds great. Uh, Panos, I really appreciate you sitting down and talking with us today. My pleasure. And uh, thank you very much. Panos uh, Cosmatos, director of Beyond the Black Rainbow, and uh, reporting to you from AFI Fest. Thank you very much.